This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study. We examine some questions teachers may face, and we give some teaching tips along the way. This summer, we are studying Jeremiah and Limitations. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined by Bob Bunn. Bob is an editor on the Explore the Bible team. He also leads a Bible study group at his church and is just generally super knowledgeable and always a welcome uh, guest on this podcast. Welcome, Bob. Hey, glad to be here. We're glad to glad to have you. It feels like we just saw you about two weeks ago. So I've gone about every other week. I've kind of got the odd number. <laughs> is that yeah, right? I think I've gone five, seven, nine, and now we're in eleven. So it's it's kind of worked out that way. <laughs> That's interesting. Today we're looking at session eleven, uh, where we will be studying Jeremiah forty-two verses seven through twenty-two. In Jeremiah 42, verses 7 through 12, Jeremiah received a message from God after 10 days and assembled the people to let them know if they should flee Egypt. The prophet stated that if they stayed in the land, God would show them compassion and he would establish them in the land. They were not to fear King Nebuchadnezzar, but instead they were to trust God who was present and would save them. It was a powerful message. In verses 13 through 18, Jeremiah delivered the rest of God's message, informing the people that if they chose to flee Egypt, then they would suffer the sword, famine, and plague. All the things they feared about staying in the land would come on them in Egypt. Because they would be refusing to trust God, they would never set foot in the land again if they chose this option. And then finally, in verses 19 through 22, Jeremiah encouraged the people to remain in the land as God had directed. He called them to obey what what the Lord had called them to do. He told them that they had made an egregious error by seeking God's direction only to rebel against it. Their failure to obey God's counsel would cost them their lives. The overall summary statement for this for today's lesson is God's people must never trust their own understanding over God's commands. It's a difficult one to, to really put into practice some days. So we have a few questions and we will just jump right in. Bob, what were some of the fears felt by the people of Judah? Well, I got, I, I got to be honest with you, Amber. I'm, I'm still thinking about egregious error that, that <laughs> <laughs> Is that sort of an understatement when it comes to rebelling against what God says? You know, when, yes. when, when you intentionally seek uh, what God says and then then willfully decide, no, I'm not going to do it. That it just egregious error just doesn't seem like it's a uh, it's intense enough for exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. We'll talk a little bit more about that as the podcast goes on. But that yeah. that phrase caught me in what you're reading uh, a second ago. But anyway, back to the question: Why were these people scared? Um, you kind of have to go back to. Um, to understand what they had been through, mm-hmm. um, you know, they they had in very short order, they had seen Jerusalem attacked and destroyed. They'd seen the temple attacked and destroyed. They had seen several of their friends, family members, fellow uh, residents of Jerusalem or Judah carried off in exile for the third time. Yeah, <laughs> um, they had. They had experienced the assassination of the governor that Nebuchadnezzar had appointed to to watch over them, and he, you know, his name is Gedaliah, and Gedaliah, from all we can tell, really cared about these people and really wanted the best for them and was going to do 
what he could to help them through a very, very difficult situation. And then he ends up dying and at the hands of an assassin, which was just frustrating. And, and then when, once he's dead, they all get kidnapped and kind of herded off toward a foreign country and have to be rescued by somebody else. Um, and then even once they come back, they have no place to go. They have no homes. They have no, they have no real city to go back to They're They're, you know, we read a couple of weeks ago about the, about the Rechabites and how they came into Jerusalem because living out in the open was not safe at that time. And that's exactly where these people were had ended up. Uh, they were living essentially nomadic lives and it was just a struggle. So they, they were dealing with a lot. Um, you know, they were probably dealing with a lot of, uh, a lot of the same kind of fear, um, hopelessness, uh, depress maybe depression, you know, the, the we'll, a couple of weeks, we'll talk about lamentations and, and mm-hmm. how Jeremiah was dealing with the destruction of Jerusalem and, and his grief and, and depression over that. They were probably dealing with some of those same emotions, some of those same feelings. Uh, they Despair. Were really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopelessness, trauma, list. you know, um, they were just, they were in bad shape. It, it, and, and that just affects whenever you deal with, with one instance like that, much less multiple instances piled on top of each other it just becomes overwhelming you know if you look in your uh, on the side the side mirror of a car there's always a little message that says you know things are closer things are bigger than they appear or whatever whatever it is that's what fear does that's yeah. what that's what hopelessness and anxiety do, do to you they, they make things just seem so overwhelming and so big and that's all you can see it's like a hand in front of your face and you can't get past that and those are the voices that are screaming so loud that you can't hear anything else. And so it makes it really hard to plug into God uh, when you're dealing with those kind of things. And I think that's part of what these people were dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good overview and a good reminder of kind of where they were as a people and what they had gone through. I'll just hit pause right here and share. If you have a leader pack, uh, pack item number four would be, a valuable one uh, to use today. It is a bit of a of a timeline of the fall of Jerusalem, but it kind of details what had happened through this through this time with these people. And so it's it could be a, a useful and helpful illustration of what Bob just just talked about. Um, pack item number four. It is it is a poster. So, Bob, we see that God gave the Jews two clear options on what they could do. Uh, how can we ensure when we are seeking God's will on a question, uh, how can we ensure that we're following God when the choices aren't so clear? Their choices appear a little clear. Sometimes ours do not. So how do we how do we deal with that? Yeah, uh, right. If you're dealing with right and wrong, it can be really easy sometimes. Now, we may choose to do wrong. <laughs> but it's not because we don't know or because we're confused. It's it's because we're rebellious and we're selfish and we want our own way. But sometimes it gets a little trickier when, when you're trying to figure out the difference between good or better, or maybe better and best. Um, that's as I was thinking about this question, I was reminded our church uh, here in Nashville is currently looking for a new senior pastor. And our search committee has been on the job for about a year or so now. And they've interviewed a lot of folks and, and they've had some, they've taken some steps forward and they've taken some steps back. And, and so I was talking to a member uh, of the committee who was a friend of mine the other day. And, uh, 
And I, I basically just asked her, I said, you know, how are, how are you guys holding up uh, as the committee? Cause I know, you know, some things have not gone recently had not gone the way that they had hoped. And, you know, and I thought they might be frustrated or discouraged or, or whatever. And I was going to try to give them some encouragement. She said, well, you know, uh, she said, we've been praying the whole time for God's direction. And we've just kind of adopted this attitude that when a door closes, that's God answering our prayer, that he's He's giving us the direction that we're asking for. It just may not be what we thought of. And it, it reminded me that they live in this tension on this committee between perseverance, where you have to keep on and you have to keep fighting and you have to keep moving mm-hmm. forward, and patience. Perseverance and patience, where you're either you're moving forward and yet yes. having to wait. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, it, 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 it seems like a contradiction in terms, but it's really a, a tension that we have to keep in balance as God's people. We are always moving forward. We are always trying to continue to move along in the path that he's called us to. But at the same time, we have to mm-hmm. we really have to wait. We have to to wait on him to find out what he wants and to find out what he wants to do. And that was not something that the Jews were willing to do when push came to shove in this situation. Um, they said they mm-hmm. they said all the right things at the beginning. Uh, they 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 sounded really really good and really really pious and maybe even gave Jeremiah some hope. But I think after ten days, by the time God actually came back to Jeremiah, I, I think yeah he understood. Uh, God certainly understood, and I think Jeremiah probably understood as well, that they weren't really going to make the right yeah. choice. They really didn't care. Um, but for us, we need to be patient. We need discernment. We need to and, – and that's hard because there are there are so many voices and so yeah. much pressure sometimes to make a decision or to make a choice or to do this or to do that, and we don't we don't stop and slow down. And actually try to find out what God is saying. And we get frustrated when we try to make progress and we get knocked backwards. But I, I was thinking about this and, and, and the phrase came to my mind or sentence came to my mind. Three steps forward and two steps back is better, is better than standing still. That's true. Yeah. Three steps yeah. forward and two steps back is better than standing still. Incremental progress is still progress. Yes. It still moves you toward it, toward your goal. Uh and it, it does it much more better, much more better. That's not even a word. It does it much better than giving in the paralysis of fear or discouragement yeah. or frustration or or whatever other thing might try to keep us rooted where we are. So it's much better from God's perspective that we keep moving forward, even if we get bumped back, than, than to just sit still and to do nothing. We, we, we live in that tension. We live in that balance between perseverance and patience. And if we do that, and we look to him and we trust him and, and stay connected to him, then we're going to be able to, we'll be able to make sense of what is better and what is best and in which way he actually wants us to go in the end. Okay. So at the beginning, actually, if, so our text today begins with uh, verse seven of chapter 42. But if you, if you backed up just a few verses, you would see that the, Judean leadership had had asked Jeremiah to consult with God uh, about what they should do. So they said, go, go ask God what, what our next steps should be. And then whatever he tells you, we will do hmm, famous last words, whatever he tells you, we will do. Uh, and so obviously we today have the blessing of getting, of going to the Lord in prayer and seeking his guidance and instruction on what we should do, whatever it is we're facing. Um, 
why do we so often struggle to trust God in difficult situations? Probably for the same reason that the Jews did. We we forget. Mm-hmm. We are uh, we are forgetful forgetful creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we don't have great capacity for remembering and reflecting. Uh, part of that's because we live in a culture that is that is going a million miles a minute, and we don't. We mentioned this a little while ago. We just don't always take the time to slow down and breathe and reflect and and remember. Which I think is why when you read through Scripture, you're constantly facing these commands, these encouragements, these challenges to remember, mm-hmm. to reflect, to recall. Uh, for instance, one of my favorite passages in all the scriptures, Genesis 22, where Abraham takes Isaac up on the mountain to offer him as a sacrifice. God provides the ram and they offer the ram instead. And it says at the end of that passage that the mountain became known as the mountain where God provides. And the whole idea is that Whenever someone looked at that mountain, whenever anybody saw that mountain or talked about that mountain, it was a it was a reminder to them of what God had done there, mm-hmm. and it was a challenge for them to remember that God is that God is a provider, that God is awesome. Um, I've been reading through in my daily quiet times uh, Exodus, and I'm into that. I'm in that section of Exodus. A lot of people probably are it, that we're recording this earlier than than summer. <laughs> it's, it's closer to the beginning of 2023 when we're actually recording this. So a lot of people who are reading through the Bible in a year are probably in Exodus as well. But I'm in that section where everything, every little minute detail of the of the tabernacle is being described, and I'm like, oh my word, Lord, what are we what are we trying to show? What are you trying to show me here? One of the things that one of the things he actually taught me that I had never thought about before. As many times as I've read this section of scripture, you know, they built this tabernacle and the the, the fence that went around it, the, the 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 curtain that went around it, and of course we know that they had to take that down and put it back together every time they moved, and they had to physically carry it with them. They had to carry pieces of the tabernacle, and different folks were assigned different parts of the tabernacle tabernacle to carry. And I thought, you know, that's that was probably a great way yeah. to remember what this was all about. Every time you put the every time you put the tabernacle up, you had to remember its purpose. Every time you took it down, you had to think about its purpose. Every time you were hauling it on your shoulders, you had to think about, oh, this is yeah, you know, this is God. God's presence was with them on a regular basis, almost twenty four hours a day, and that was probably that was a good way for them to remember um, that thing. Of course, you got passages in Proverbs and the prophets and then other wisdom books that that always call us to remember God. But it's when we don't remember that we run into problems. And that's when we fail to forget. On the the flip side of that, when we do remember, then those difficult times, those hard times, those circumstances that we just rather not deal with, they become incredible growth experiences for us. Opportunities to mature spiritually. You mentioned some, you know, that you've gone through situations that took a lot longer than ten days to resolve. I have too. Yeah, uh, you know, and I, you know, I've had, I've had situations that, uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've just wondered what in the world God was planning to do. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about active waiting before too. That's you know, sometimes that's what God calls us to do. And if we can do that, if we can remember the bigger picture. Uh, that God is that God is doing something bigger than what we can see in the moment, then that helps us to to persevere, to hang in there, to keep moving forward. Unfortunately, that's not where the Jews were. 
they they were so overwhelmed that they completely forgot who God was and what God was going to do, even with a prophet in their midst. And and as a result, they suffered the consequences of their of their choice. Okay, our final question. What help and you've kind of you've kind of answered this in a few ways uh, in our discussion today, but what helps you, what helps us trust God's command when we face consequential choices? What helps us trust him? I think there's two or three things we can do. And really they're simultaneous. They're not, it's not like a progression. It's something that we, we do them all at once. The first is to seek God. And really that's, in a sense, the, the Jews were on target with this. Although I have to question their motives and yeah. I have to question their sincerity um, based on based on what how the how the situation played out. But they were as far as seeking God, and for them that meant going to Jeremiah, who would go to God, who would come back with a message. As you mentioned, we can have scripture, we can read scripture, we can pray, we can communicate with God ourselves. We have accountability folks that around us that, that can help us. But seeking God's idea, seeking God's plan, seeking God's opinion his commands, that's the best place to start uh, because that's the foundation of everything. Uh, I think another thing we can do is we can surround ourselves with a support system that will help us yes. take the right steps. Um, I've had a couple of situations in my life where I have been between jobs for one reason or another. Um, and each time that that's happened, and, and I'm talking for expended for months at a time, for an extended period of time. Uh, I've, I've been on job searches. And so um, each time I've, I've enlisted friends to pray for me, to, to help me, not just to pray for a new job, which is important, but also to pray for um, growth, for wisdom, for discernment, for God to show me what he wanted me to show, to, to see what he wanted me to learn during that period. Um, just prayer for the process as well as for the result. And and also to advise me if I need if I needed their counsel or if I needed uh, if I needed to, to bounce something off for somebody then these were the guys that I would turn to. Uh, you and I have a mutual friend and really a friend of the podcast, uh, Dwayne Curry, who I think has like thirty people, a standing army of thirty prayer warriors. He, he does. Said, he, yeah. He's told me before that that's that's their their thing is yeah. just to pray for him. And for the things that he's got, that God is is working, doing through him. And, uh, you know, and he's always encouraged us uh, on the Explore the Bible team to, to to follow that example and to, you know, to have that support system. Um, you know, that's that's incredibly important. And then the last thing I think we can do is we, is we continue, and this is sort of what we've already talked about, is to move forward in the light that we've been given. We may not understand everything that God's doing. We may not understand the whole plan, and these Jews didn't understand the whole plan, even after Jeremiah had given them the promise from God. But we know we know there is something we can do, <laughs> and, and if we can do that, then we can take the next step, and the next step, and the next step, and the next step after that. Um, again, in situations where I've had more free time, quote unquote, than I that I wanted to have <laughs> for one reason or another, I, I've tried to. As I've waited for God to answer, uh, I've tried to be busy, as busy as I can be and still be waiting on him. And so I invest in different things, freelance writing or work at church yeah. or time with family or or whatever. Just being obedient in the areas that I know I can be obedient in and then trusting God to, to reveal himself and reveal his plan more fully as time goes. 
Um, now, the common denominator, so if you think about seeking God, building a network, and taking one step at a time, the common denominator is God. God's presence, God's God's uh, purpose, focusing on Him, and not, as we've said before, not letting the noise of the culture or the noise of the circumstance overwhelm us to the point that we can't we can't hone in on what he's saying and what he's doing. Um, you know, the, these Jews, they were, they were kind of going through motions. They were kind of going through rituals. They were kind of doing, doing the right thing, but they really didn't, they really didn't have that connection. They really didn't have the, the, the faith or the trust or the belief that God was actually going to do something or wanted to do something. And so it was really easy for them to ignore him when they didn't get the answer that they wanted. Or what the or what they expected? They really wanted to go to Egypt, <laughs> so you know, not much was going to keep them from going to Egypt, and because they had lost hope, they had lost track of of who God was. That's helpful. That's a really helpful uh, discussion. I, I want to point out a teaching idea that is found in the leader guide, uh, page one twenty two. It is kind of creative and and a good way if you choose to use it. It could be a good way to kick off uh, your group time discussion. And the question uh, or the the teaching idea is this: introduce the session by writing on the board or uh, saying it aloud. However, you can pose a question to your group as a whole. Here's the question. What trustworthy person would you call? And then it gives four scenarios of things that happen that are pretty typical, common, everyday things. Number one, your car breaks down on the interstate. Number two, your water heater leaks and floods your kitchen. Number three, a raccoon family is living under your house. And number four, you fall and break your arm. And then the the question you're asking for each of those scenarios is what trustworthy person would you call? That's an interesting uh, way to to dive into the whole topic of who do you, who do you look to when you need something when you need assistance when you need direction or even just practical help uh, that could be um, an interesting conversation and a way to get your group members talking and engaged before you jump in to this passage where. The people did go to God. They went to God. They asked Jeremiah, go to God for us and ask him what we should do. So it just it just introduces that whole idea of turning to someone for help and getting getting instruction from someone. It's, good. it's a good idea. It's a good, good teaching idea. Well, Bob, thank you so much for being a part of this today. Your insights are always helpful, and they give us a deeper understanding of Scripture and of what we're studying for that day. So thank you. Well, happy to help out. Anything I can do to, you know, my heart is for leaders and for uh, helping, equipping folks to to handle God's word to the best of their ability. And so, if if anything I've said or done has has helped with that today, I'm I'm grateful for that. And uh, I, I just want the folks to know that we we do care about them and we do we yes. do uh, we do try to minister to them as best as we can. So, but thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. Uh, let me encourage you to take a look at the blog posts found on goexplorethebible.com slash blog. These posts every Thursday, uh, and they are designed to help you better understand the resources available, the Explore the Bible resources available, and the ideas behind these resources. Um, they can give you a better understanding of what's available, how to use it, uh, maybe when to use different resources 
So it's just a practical, a practical help. Thank you for listening this week. We hope you'll join us again next week when we look at session 12. Uh, we'll be studying Jeremiah chapter 50 with guest host Mike Livingston.